Here we go, week 11, Home Dogs Pod. Here we go, I guess we haven't even started going anywhere yet, but uh, can't get off the ground in the freaking circuit contest. Mike, Mark, and Trav with you as always. Another uh, another not so fun week for us. What else is new? So if you've been following our picks and even, even following along and betting along with us, we're sorry. We do give you a few winners each week that nobody else has, but we sure give you lots of losers. Uh, we went four and six overall last week, two and three in each contest. Our main entry is uh, now 25, 22, and 3. Just incredibly average. I think we're in 1700th place out of like 5,000. 10 points behind the leader, which actually isn't awful, but not great either. And then our, our fuck it entry, 2 and 3. We can't even lose big there because there are, there are prizes for, for being really terrible. But that's now 21, 28, and 1. Uh, some of our bad losses, God, we had the Rams was a terrible call. Wolford. We, we sung John Wolford's praises on the pod last week. He sucked. Bears totally blew it. They can't play any defense. Seahawks we took in Germany. That didn't work out. They just come back, start a little too late. We had Buffalo. <laughs> we had Cleveland. That was over in two seconds. The Eagles on Monday night, they lost as 11-point favorites. So a really good job. Another fun week. Uh, Mark, at least your Jets were off. But uh, what, do, what do you think? We just This is a tough year, right? Yeah, this past week was the worst week for me personally. Just bets on the side. Um, lost a lot of money, pretty average or below average in the contest. Um, but yeah, it's just been a tough year to figure out. I don't know, just not reading the teams, the coaches right this year. It just happens, I guess. Just a down year. But you know, to be above 500 in one entry, I think that's still impressive. And if we could finish the year strong and then go into next year, I think with some momentum, uh, I'd be happy with that outcome. It seems like, you know, the, the main three losses we had, we had the the Bears and the Seahawks were consensus plays. We had the Steelers, which hit, which was a consensus play. We seem to be on the games that the quote-unquote smart people like. But I guess the contest is a lot smarter too now because there's so many articles and podcasts out there. So, Trav, do you think are, are we too like public smart? Or do we need to go like another level, or, or what's the key here? It was a little frustrating because I mean, while we had some picks that were very popular, some of our other ones weren't popular at all, and obviously those are the ones that ended up playing out well. But I don't know that we need to overthink it at this point. I think we just need some winners. I mean, in retrospect, I think if we knew that it was going to be Colt McCoy, not Kyler, we would not have gone against the Cardinals. I don't no. know. They, right. So, I mean, that sucked. Obviously the bills one sucked. Yeah. I mean, the bears one sucked. The bears have been good to us. <laughs> That's what you get, but it's still like that. That game was there for the taking. So I don't know. I don't think we need to adjust too much. I mean, that could have very easily been a five and five week at least. So I don't want to get, too upset about it and the world cup starts this weekend so i'm on to that <laughs> yeah maybe maybe at the end we can look ahead to see if there's any any games we're taking on on sunday or monday before we talk to you again next week but uh the two pretty awesome games at least on sunday the, the vikings bills ending was crazy packers cowboys was pretty fun so i want to start and go off with some of those games right off the bat and, and thursday night I'm not sure if we want to get involved but but mike vrabel's getting three and a half points now in green bay on a thursday Vrabel 19 and seven against the spread as a dog of three or more in his career. Just, just to cover machine did it last week against the Broncos. We smartly stayed away from Denver there. Just kind of wanted to fade Rogers coming off a big overtime comeback win. I don't think this team is still very good. The defense sucks short week. Derek Henry, you know, it's hard to Derek Henry. I said, uh, Derek Henry, hard <laughs> to tackle that guy after, uh, just three days off and you're going to come back and try and bring him down only other side stat I had on the other side was Rogers 23, 10 and one against the spread in prime time at home. So that kind of sucks, but, uh, don't want to get too emotional here. Trav, you seem to, to know the Titans better than anybody. What did you have a read on this one? Uh, the only thing that jumped out was the trends on green Bay are pretty favorable, even laying three and a half, like at, at face value, I think you would take Tennessee in the points, right. um, but they're getting 45 green Bay's getting 45% of the bets, 85% of the money. And they did, you know, go back to running the ball a little bit more, I think against the Cowboys. So I don't know if they want to stick with that on a short week. They may want to obviously green Bay is still pretty banged up too. So I don't know. I, the, the points are juicy here, but those trends are are a little bit. They're they're giving a little bit of caution. The, the one week look ahead line here was uh, Packers minus one. So this is a, a pretty big change from the sentiment of these two teams last week. Green Bay obviously won that game as impressive win, but uh, I feel like they got a favorable uh, whistle whistle with the the refs. The rookie receiver had three touchdowns. I think just gonna be hard to replicate that. So I, I, I do like Vrabel. I know Vrabel and Lafleur have some sort of connection. So I'm not sure if that means anything, but I, I think I would I would get involved with this. Entry. 
Yeah, I mean, fuck it entry. Who even cares, right? LaFleur was the OC in, in Tennessee, right? Before he got the Packers job. So Yeah, he went from the Rams to the Titans for one year as the OC and then, then to the Packers. So I was thinking about that a little bit, Mike, because you brought it up last week about having the two entries. And I, I wonder if, as we're going through this, we shouldn't talk about 10 games. We should be thinking of like a much smaller pool, like try and fill out one one contest entry that we really like and then figure out the second one later. But you know I what like I mean? That. Like, Yeah, um, I was almost going to propose doing five doubles, but that might be hard if we're going to do a Thursday game. Just, just to kind of get in the mode yeah. of how you approach it next year. Yeah, all right. So let's focus on our five. Tennessee definitely wouldn't be in my top five. I just wanted to kind of start there with the Thursday game. You know, uh, it's interesting, and I just want to I, mean, I don't need to give Tennessee any more credit. I mean, I think I do that anyway, but their losses are to Buffalo, the Giants, and the Chiefs, right? Buffalo's one DVOA, the Chiefs are five DVOA, and the Giants are yikes, 19. Who cares? They're seven and two. Yeah, I don't care either. I'm just pointing it out. And then, you know, so teams like Green Bay, that's, you know, middle of the pack. You know, this is Titans haven't lost anybody as bad as Green Bay yet. And then the Titans just get no respect every week. The fact that they're every only week. minus two and a half last week, you even said it against the Broncos, who have nothing to offer anyone. Was They've crazy. covered seven in a row. They've won seven, no, six out of seven. And the weird thing about their schedule, too, is this is an, obviously a way game. They've only played two home games since the end of September. So they've had this weird schedule. They're going to get healthy at home at the end of the year, too. Like, And we said it after week three or four. Like This team is obviously, even after that 0-2 start, they didn't have to concern themselves about the division. That played right into their hands. So I, I do like them in this spot. Yeah, I'm just looking at their injury report. It seems like the Titans ruled out Bud Dupree. Jeffrey Simmons is questionable, limited this week in practice. So I think he usually gives it a go. Most of their other guys are in. Tannehill's obviously playing. Randy Bullock's out. Not sure that matters. He sucks anyway. A couple of receivers I've never heard of are out. So, yeah, I, I definitely keep it around up top. I don't. I don't think we'll be able to lock our top five tonight. But who knows? But uh, before I get to you guys, just stick in with that that Green Bay Dallas game because that was a really fun game to watch at the end of, of a bad Sunday. I love I love Dallas. It's probably my number one play this week. Minus one and a half at Minnesota. Texted you guys. It's crazy that the Vikings are home dogs despite all their success. Crazy win in Buffalo, but perfect time to go against them. I guess every week's perfect time to go against Kirk Cousins, in, in my opinion. So Minnesota's still 16th in DVOA. Can't believe they have a chance to be in the number one seed in the NFC after the Eagles lost. But uh, just want to point out, we, we had Minnesota last year in this spot on a Sunday night. Cooper Rush went into whatever that stadium's called and pulled out a victory and screwed us. So I like Dallas to go in there again off a tough loss and beat the Vikings. Mark, what'd you think here? Yeah, I had a white circle on Dallas too. Pretty much took away all the points I wanted to hit on. It's a cover, non-cover situation. Vikings coming off a fluky win. So I, I did like Dallas. Yeah, I agree. I had a circle on them too, even though the line when you look at it is a little bit confounding, but the trends are favorable. 50% of the bets, 75% of the money on Dallas. Dallas is the number two defensive DVOA in the league. And I haven't looked at every team that Minnesota's played, and I don't think they played a ton of games in the division. But interestingly, all four NFC North teams have defensive DVOAs of 17th or worse. Um, so they've been beating teams like they didn't beat Buffalo because they destroyed the defense. They beat Buffalo because Buffalo beat Buffalo. So I think this is a, a good matchup for Dallas. I think that defense is going to cause Kirk some problems. So I, I like this spot for them. I got nothing more to add. Maybe we lock this as a certainly a top five play, maybe maybe even a double play if we need. Uh, Mark, let's let's go back to you. What, what are some of your top circles? Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting you bring up the fact that the NFC North, their DVOA, DVOA, nobody's above 17 because the AFC East, I guess, through week 10 currently is the tied for the second highest in terms of DVO ranks since 2002. So collectively the DVO ranks of the AFC East teams are Bills 1, Dolphins 7, Jets 9, Patriots 12, and that's tied for second highest all time. 2016 NFC East has the highest, I guess, rank of all time. But anyway, that brings me to Jets at New England. I like New England minus three. One week look ahead line here was uh, Pats minus four and a half. I'm not sure why people are, are jumping on the jets here I, I just think at minus three the, the value is clearly on new england uh the pats were minus two and a half at the jets just a few weeks ago not sure why they're only laying three here i think they're getting healthy at receiver uh tycon thornton the rookie wide receivers back um Devontae parker i think has been practicing already this week i know it's minus three but i i, I think i said this in the last time these two teams played their clear advantage in the kicking game bill off a bye what, what do you guys think I had a circle on it too. The Pats 13 straight wins over the Jets all by three or more. Um, favorites playing rested division opponents cover over 60% of the time and Belichick covers 75% in games with sub 40 totals. And I think this total was 39 and a half or 39. So all these things add up. I, I, I like New England too. 
Yeah, just I want to update the lines for both the total and the line. Unfortunately, the line I'm seeing at the circuit right now is New England by three and a half. So I'm guessing mm, that's going to yeah. be what we get. But I, I, I kind of like that better. It might make it a little more unique uh, for our purposes and, and trying to make up some ground. Over-under is now down to 37 and a half. So I know, I know there's some bad weather headed Buffalo's way. I'm guessing it could be cold and potentially a little snow in England. Maybe perhaps that's the reason. Robert Sala, three and six against the spread as a divisional dog. And, and just overall, the Pats have beaten your Jets 13 in a row, Mark. 12-0-1 yeah. against the spread in those games, which is wild. Corey Davis might be out too. Another receiver loss. Man, Jets. Can't believe they're top 10 in DVOA. Wild. <laughs> What's crazy, the Jets this week, I believe if they win, they'll have a share first because they've beaten Buffalo and Miami. And then if they lose, they're in dead last. It's <laughs> fitting. Yeah. I'm sorry to have to make you root against them, but I, do you guys like to say three and a half? I think so. Not, not as much, but I, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Mark. I mean, I'd keep it around, think about it. But even though I agree with you, Mike, it'd be more unique in the contest. I still, it is an extra half point you got to figure out. Yeah, a lot of line movement so far this week. So we'll see where that one settles uh, for the contest and on Sunday. Trav, what about you? What's the top of your board? Any dogs? Yeah, this this team, you know, we've gone with a lot and they've fucked us plenty. Who hasn't? It's, yeah, well, that's <laughs> true. Uh, Cleveland getting eight in Buffalo. They're getting 55% of the bets, 60% of the money. I know it sounds like the weather there is going to be there Friday and Saturday, so it shouldn't directly impact the game. But what's interesting to me here is that the total has moved down nearly a touchdown in the last two days to 42 points, but the spread stayed pretty consistent getting eight. So while they've taken a touchdown off the total, you're still getting the same eight points. So you're getting more, you know, relative to the total than you otherwise would have. Um, obviously I hate going against Buffalo off of, you know, back-to-back losses. They haven't covered in their last three, which I hate too. Um, but again, just that kind of line movement on the total and the spread staying consistent was enough to like flag it for me. And it's over a touchdown. So you got some room to work with. If the weather is bad, I mean, I love the Cleveland running game and they can't stop anyone on the ground either, but Buffalo doesn't run the ball that well. Um, so I just think it's a, it could be a decent matchup if it's a low scoring game and you're getting eight points. Seems like an awful lot of points for me. Well, the, the one week look ahead here was Buffalo minus six and a half. So maybe there is some somewhat of an overreaction uh, to the weather or to last week. I, I didn't have a side here, but a couple of mind blowing stats. Uh, the Bills have not scored a second half touchdown since week six, um, which I thought was pretty crazy. And somehow Josh Allen leads the league in interceptions, uh, which I also found just to be incredible. Yeah. And I would guess interceptable plays because as I was texting you guys on Sunday, like early in that game against the Vikings, he threw two or three balls that weren't picked, but should have been like, he's a little bit out of sorts. Now he could bounce back. I, I, he's great. I'm not questioning that, but something's a little off up there right now. Yeah. I mean, you might need Tommy Johnson or you just playing through it. That can't help. I I didn't think his like arm strength looked bad. Um, it's just the decision-making. I I just don't, even in the jets game two weeks ago, like those interceptions were just so such awful decisions. Um, yeah, agreed. Bizarre. This will be the uh, the last week of Jacoby Brissett. I know the Browns have a bye next week, and then Deshaun is cleared to return against the Texans. So maybe he tries to go out with a bang. God, he was awful in Miami. <laughs> the only thing I've seen about this game with the weather, I, I can't imagine they don't play this in Buffalo. Like especially even if they get six feet of snow on Friday, they're gonna that community is gonna come out and try and clean up the stadium. But I did see some rumors that there's a chance they move it to Detroit because the Bills play in Detroit on Thursday. And uh, you can't delay this game to Monday because the CBA says like you have to have three days off between games. And since the Bills play on Thanksgiving, I saw rumblings on Twitter that that would be the alternate site would be playing this game in Detroit. So, so, lock, so locking, this, they, locking this early would be tricky for us. When That's would they true. go to Detroit, though? Like, when does that decision get made? It's got to be done like by tomorrow, right? If it's going to snow on Friday? I get, uh, Yeah, I don't know. I guess they could get out on find a way to get out on Saturday, maybe. It's just maybe the stadium itself wouldn't be ready. That'd be the most difficult part. Well, I was wondering, like, if there's six feet of snow, like, how do you shovel the stands? Like, where <laughs> does snow go? I, I, yeah, they can deal with snow up in Buffalo. They're they're experienced with this shit, but six feet's a lot of fucking snow. Yeah, that's what it is. We got who knows? These forecasts can change in two minutes, but just something to monitor. I don't know if we want to. If we do end up taking the Titans in one entry, locking this on Thursday might be tricky for that reason. But yeah, I, I like I, I like it for all the reasons you said. Chubb in the cold, sign me up. They gotta they gotta start throwing less, but I guess it's tough when you get behind and you have to give Jacoby the ball. Mark, uh, what about you? Any other plays? Um, I didn't have a lot this week. Uh, let me throw out a couple others though. I like Pittsburgh. I think they're plus four and a half at home versus Cincy. I think uh, Pittsburgh was what they were plus six and a half week one versus Cincy, and that was with Jamar Chase involved. 
Uh, Chase is still out. It's a divisional home dog, usually a good spot. Steelers, maybe they can kind of put together a run here uh, with the win last week. Zach Taylor, one and two against the spread off a bye. Make a Fitzpatrick hopefully back in the mix. And then I just think the Steelers defense with TJ Watt, um, as you guys have alluded to in the past, like just a much different team. So I thought maybe a little bit of value, but curious what you guys think. I had a light circle on it too, because I like the trends. Dogs between three um, and 10 points, getting three and 10 points are 16 and six against the spread in division games this year and are 20 and four. Um, when it's a sub 500 team facing a team that's 500 or better. So both of those would favor Pittsburgh, you know, going back to them off of their win last weekend is, is a little bit tricky. I think particularly against a Cincinnati team that's going to need these wins, but chase is still out, I assume. So I think you can live with it. I'm in on this one too. Tomlin, uh, seven and two against the spread as a dog versus the Bengals in his career, 19, three and one against the spread as a divisional dog in weeks five or later. And he's 14, two and one against the spread as a home dog week five or later. So Tomlin as a dog, sign me up. This line is down to four. Now I'm seeing guessing because uh, bets are about 50, 50, but 95% of the money's on Pittsburgh. So definitely a sharp, sharp home dog play might be popular, but, but I kind of like what I'm seeing with Pickett. I, I saw, you know, he, he hooked us up last week. He's got, he's got uh, faster feet than I thought that he did coming out of college. Right. Yeah, he's susceptibly quick. I agree. I'm just looking at the DVOA table. I never noticed this. I don't know if you guys look at it on desktop, but they have like this past schedule and future schedule, like DVOA DVOA rank. And I guess Pittsburgh yeah. has had the number one hardest past schedule, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. So I guess they they played some some tough teams. Let me throw one out here. Another team that maybe we haven't been able to figure out all year, but we talked about the Bears at the top. Atlanta minus three at home against Chicago is kind of juicy to me. That Bears defense can't stop anything. Uh, I'm guessing maybe the, the counter would be that this could be a good matchup for that Bears D since the Falcons are really fucking boring. But Bears are the first team in history to score, to lose three straight games where they've scored 29 points or more. And uh, we've been in on most of them. Uh, the defense is just atrocious. They can't, they can't stop anything. Uh, the Lions ran all over them. I'm expecting Falcons should be able to do the same. I just thought maybe you're getting... A little bit of value with this being three. Maybe the line's right because Fields is so explosive. But I, I feel like everybody's just still on the Fields bandwagon, us included. But maybe that means we should go the other way. Trav, what do you think here? Yeah, I didn't have a side. Um, I don't hate Atlanta. I think what would concern me a little bit is Justin Fields. This is a homecoming game. So he's from Kennesaw, Georgia, which is right outside of Atlanta. He started his career at Georgia. Mm. Um, him in a dome is a little bit terrifying, too. So it's just those kind of nondescript factors that that I would think about. But I, I think it could be the time to get back on Atlanta. And they were decent for us early in the year. I like the offense. It's your point. Chicago can't stop anybody. So I think they can run the ball pretty well. Um, but just that, you know, Fields homecoming game concept is, is a little scary. And if you look at the Falcon schedule, they haven't faced a running quarterback the entire year. It's kind of crazy. I, I kind of like the the over here more than anything, but um, I, th- I think you're right, Mike. I think it'll be unique taking Atlanta. <laughs> the over under this game is 49 and a half. Crazy. That's a lot for an NFL yeah. game. Uh, in, in 2022, yeah. I'd like to see Ritter at some point for the Falcons, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Arthur Smith was asked about that and he made it pretty clear it's not going to happen in the near term, which I think a lot of times you could hear a coach say that and not put any stock in it. But like, you know, Mariota still could be a guy somewhere. I know when you watch him enough, you get sick of him, but still does some okay things. And dude, these, these Bears games have been flying through the over. You had 70 points against Dallas in total, 70 points against Miami, 60 points against Detroit, the totals, I mean. So there's going to be points in this game. Yeah. I, I would. My only I like, counter I mark with the over more. would be that the, the Falcons and Arthur Smith, if they're able to, they're going to try and control the shit out of this clock, kind of like what the commanders did on Monday night. It's tough to control the clock when you can't stop the run both ways, right? I mean, like <laughs> yeah. when the Bears can run through everybody and the everyone can run through the Bears, it, these games can get pretty heavy. Yeah, I would think Chicago's going to be a pretty popular side here. Seventy-five percent of bets on Chicago, eighty percent of the money is on Chicago. That was the only reason that kind of intrigued me. Yeah, it's a nice zig. I kind of like it. Not a lot of dogs for me this week, unfortunately. I don't. Pretty much it. The only other dog I had written down for myself. See if you guys have anything left. Was just taking a flyer on Carolina plus twelve. That just seemed like too many points. I know it's Baker, and that's ugly, but. I don't know if this Ravens team is good enough to be favored by 12 against anybody. Mark, you seem to know the Ravens better than anyone. Did you like that one? I didn't have a circle on either side. Baltimore, they're the first team since the 2011 Packers to hold a double-digit lead in each of their first nine games. So that kind of scared me a little bit. So maybe they can blow teams out. (laughs) Well, they've had leads, but I guess they can't necessarily 
keep them. Um, that's been their problem this year. Uh, I'm not sure what the health is of Andrews and some of those other weapons on offense. This but line's you're, you're, 13 now. 13. You're probably right. It, it, Carolina's probably the right side. It's it just, I hate betting on Baker, but that's probably a reason to take him. At the very least, he's familiar with Baltimore. Um, you know, I think he's played him pretty well, pretty tight over the years uh, in Cleveland. I'm looking last year, won 24-22. They lost the other game 16-10. Lost 47-42. I mean, they've played. he played some close games against the Ravens when he was in Cleveland. So, I don't know. I could live with it. They stink. But I don't. I agree with you, Mike. I don't know that Baltimore is any good either. So, it's frustrating. They, they defense did look better with Roquan Smith, I would say that. They did, yeah. Impressive Which that he was able to come in and just com- contribute like that immediately. Yeah. I can keep it around. Okay. What about you, Trevi? Any, any more? Didn't have much more that I loved. I mean, I think we've talked about a lot of the games that that I liked at the very least. I mean, this is just on principle. Like, I, I know that the Raiders fucking stink, but I don't know why Denver continues to be favored against anybody. Like, they're getting 60% of the bets and 90% of the money, the Broncos. But, I mean, they, I don't think they're any better than the Raiders. They both suck. Now, the difference is, I guess, the, the Broncos' defense is legitimately good. But the Raiders had no business fucking losing a bunch of these games that they've lost. Yeah, Carr's crying too. Oh, was he <laughs> after the game? Yeah, he was. He was crying. Man, it's a, it's this, a good this, point. Yeah. I mean, it definitely. I, I'm so out on Hackett as a coach. I, I don't think he should be favored. You're right, and I know McDaniel's is nothing to write home about. But yeah, you guys, that, that stat you sent out, Mark, about the Broncos. In case you guys haven't seen it, it's pretty fascinating. The Broncos would be eight and one if they had scored exactly 18 points in every single game in regulation this year, which is insane. That's fucking remarkable. Ugh. Yeah, I kind of like the Raiders too. This was two and a half most of the week, but it, it looks like it just moved to three. So in an even three, I could get on board with with taking the Raiders. Even at three? I mean, you get the full field goal. That'd be great. Yeah. I'm just waiting for uh, things to come full circle where Josh McDaniels is fired and then Bill Belichick rehires him and, and installs him as the defensive coordinator, using Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator, just as Bill passes Don Shula. All That's time hilarious. Yeah. This is a Josh McDaniels revenge game. Yeah. Oh, great call. He started 6-0 and in Denver. He did. Returning. Returning. Unfortunately, the Bowens are gone. But, yeah. It is a bad game. These are oh, the yeah. games, though. I think you got to kind of... Maybe maybe traps right. You got to get in there, get involved. Oh yeah, yeah. the money's in the crumbs. I've always believed that, but this is truly a game only a mother could love. I mean, this is gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Raiders are so frustrating. Like Devontae Adams is so good, and they just like find ways to not to go large stretches of the game where he's not even getting targeted. And just to round it out, I mean, they've already played this year, obviously in Las Vegas, and they beat the Broncos thirty-two twenty-three. Oh, I don't even remember that. <laughs> what, what was the spread in that game? Hang on, I got gotcha. you. Uh, they were two and a half point faves at home. All right. I like this one a lot. Mark, give me another one. But, well, before you said at the top that this game's in Mexico, I, I did kind of like the Cardinals. Um, I thought they're getting eight at home, but uh, apparently this game's in Mexico. Still could could maybe get involved if it's going to be Colt McCoy. Um, I thought he looked really good last, last week. And last year in San Francisco, Colt McCoy was a three and a half point underdog and won the game outright 31-17. I think the one week look ahead here was San Francisco minus five and a half, but I'm assuming the lines changed because of Kyler's uh, uncertain status. But again, Colt, I, if it's Colt, Colt's I, uncertain I, now too. It says uh, Cliff said today Kyler's day to day with a hamstring, and Colt is dealing with a knee injury, and mm-hmm. he will decide later in the week who will start. Trace McSorley still in the mix as well. Oof. Okay, but I still now, I still kind of like the Cardinals. <laughs> I, I I have a circle on the Cardinals too. But it was agnostic to quarterback because with with Colt, you do have to be careful of flying too close to the sun. I mean, he always looks good in one game. Yeah. Then the yeah. boom starts to come off in the second. I, I would think I'd be okay with either quarterback, honestly. Yeah. Have you guys tuned in for the uh, the Hard Knocks, Cardinals Hard Knocks at all? No, not yet. Did you watch it? I watched the first episode. I, I just the voices of uh, well, one of Cliff. He is just like the deepest voice. He sounds like Barry White. I, I guess I'd never really heard him talk before, and then. <laughs> Kyler's voice is weird too. He sounds like uh, almost like a young Doc Rivers in a weird way, <laughs> just like very so hoarse. Specific. And uh, and then Vance Joseph, just also a weird voice. I, I just the voices don't match the people. Um, maybe it's my TV. <laughs> a, young, a young Doc Rivers. That's really funny. It's not <laughs> what anyone wants to hear. <laughs> no, probably not. You're probably all beaten up from you know Call of Duty, just destroying seven year olds in the microphone. Oh, <laughs> but Cliff, Cliff, sure give it. Give a tour of his house and 
He comes off a little douchey. Oh, you don't say oh, yeah. a little. Quite, quite the bachelor, bachelor's pad. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, I could get on board with the cards. Speaking of ugly dogs, I guess I did leave one out. I don't really want to take this, but Houston plus three against the Commanders. I guess Heineke is starting. Has to. Has to start. I don't know. Maybe Rivera has something cooking, and this team is going to make like a little playoff run. The Texans are are bad. So which side were you proposing? No, I like there? the tech. The Texans is the side we we would take, right? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Eighty-seven percent of bets curious. on. on uh, I mean, eighty-seven percent of the money's on Houston. Sixty percent of the bets on Washington. Trends are great. I, say, I don't have the exact data in front of me, but I, I just know that Davis Mills is like home road split stats are, are usually pretty favorable favorable when he plays at home. So maybe, maybe he's due for a good performance here. And I did think Washington was like very lucky last week against Philly. They, like, they definitely deserved to win that game, but they got a bunch of turnovers, like some of those penalties, like they definitely lucked out a lot. The only thing I kind of like the trends. I mean, that was the only thing really. I feel like, you know, when you turn it on and you have Houston, because Washington's defense has played much better, I would say in the last couple of weeks, this is the third NFC East team that Houston plays in a row. I don't know, but but Washington, make to your point, Mike, they've been much better. And at five and five, like they're super alive for a yeah. wild card spot in the NFC. So um, you know, they play Atlanta after this, then they play two games in a row against the Giants. I mean, which there's, is there's a world they, where they could be nine and five, right? Like that, that'd be crazy. But and if the Texans want, like Bryce Young is theirs, and maybe that I don't know if that's why they hired Lovey because Cully made them play harder. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean. The Giants gave them every opportunity to win that game, and they and they couldn't do it. I don't know if that says more about the Giants or the Texans. Frankly, it was an awful, awful game. I'm just happy to pull it out. That's what that's what she said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Pierce running back kid is awesome. That's all. That's all they have. Cooksey Cooksey looks like he wants no part of anything anymore. Like he's not going over the middle. He's not making tough catches. That he wanted to be traded, and that's and that's that, which sucks. Wait, this was the Charles Davis game last weekend, right? Giants. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I learned something last week and I'm going to share it with you. <laughs> Somebody said that when you're talking to a group of people that is not giving you feedback, as you would when you're talking to a TV audience that is not responding to you, the conversation cadence is much easier when you have a question in response. But in lieu of having people ask you questions, sometimes people decide to ask questions of themselves. And that is like a trick that some people use. I've never heard an announcer use it as much as Charles Davis does, but. <laughs> I think that explains it, honestly. Like you ask rhetorical questions so that you can kind of keep a more normal conversational tone. Interesting. It, it does kind I'm of going make sense. deep on this fucking yeah. thing. I'm going to figure it out because when you watch it and you hear him ask all these dumbass questions, it's like it jumps out. And I guess he's not the only announcer that, that does that, right? He does it more than others, maybe. But yeah, yeah, that, that's a good point. I still Thanks hate enough. him. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it doesn't make it any less painful. And he also he went a little far, and Pierce has been good, but. He was trying to, you know, oh, these are two great running backs, Damian Pierce and Saquon Barkley, and two premier backs in the league. And it's like, ah, all right, let's just chill a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't need to force this one. Maybe maybe the line's right. If we were getting a little more than three, then perhaps I would say it's, an, it's a must play. But it's, it's at three or three and a half? Three. Okay. If it's three and a half, I, I'd definitely be interested. Yeah, three and, a, three and a half would get me more excited, I think. The look ahead here was two and a half. It's a it's a cover non cover situation with Washington coming off a, a primetime win. It's a pretty good fade spot. It is three and a half in some places. I'm guessing we won't get that, but actually just DraftKings, everyone else. So if you're on DraftKings and you hear this, go there and bet it. Other than that, I'm seeing threes across the board. So we'll see what the circuit gives us tomorrow. Uh, Mark, how, how, how come you haven't suggested the Saints yet? <laughs> I, I was almost going to actually think about <laughs> suggesting the Rams just off that putrid performance, but... If it's gonna be Wofford, I, I don't. I don't think I could do it. They're off like ten Putras performances in a row. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's an awful game. One game I don't, I don't know if you guys have any other comments on that game, but one game I did want to throw out was Philly at Indy. Just curious if you guys wanted to feed Jeff Saturday. I do. I'm just worried a little bit. It's up to seven now. Kind of like mm-hmm. the more at six and a half. Uh, I saw that this line at some point had been ten. That really? was, that was so the look ahead line. Yeah, I thought it was, yeah, I thought 10, it was yeah. down. Okay. I don't um, hate Philly minus seven. It's a cover non cover situation. I mean, Philly last week I alluded to when we were talking about Washington. They they had four turnovers last week, three fumbles, lost an interception. I guess the the downside is Dallas Goddard, their their star tight end is going to be out. Jordan Davis was out last week. It sounds like he's out this week. Defensive line stud. So maybe it's just not the same Philly team. But you know, they 
been run on definitely with Davis out. Now they did sign Linval Joseph today to try and add some beef, I think, to the middle of that line, but they've definitely gotten run on since he's gone out. Yeah. 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 I don't know, but I don't know what to make with it. I do like the idea of fading Saturday. Like everyone thought he was a joke, then he wins, obviously, and it's like, oh, he beat the fucking Raiders. Like, who cares? After after the dust settles and that emotion rides off, they could just get smoked this week by a good team off a loss. It's probably the right it's probably a good side. Yeah, I don't disagree. The only Philly hasn't really they've only covered a big number once. I mean, seven isn't as big as some of these other numbers have been. Their last three weeks, they've been 11 point faves, 14 point faves, and 11 and a half point faves. And the only one they covered was Pittsburgh three weeks ago. Um, and we took, the other, we took the other two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Third time's a charm. Maybe we just got to keep going back to the well. Just keep pounding the rock, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just soften up that. <laughs> they had some bad, bad turnovers and bad officiating on Monday night, too. That could have been different. No, I'm not saying they would have covered, but they should have won. Indy's 31st in DVOA, too. What other games are left? Uh, Sunday night game. This line has come down. KC now just minus five and a half at Chargers. Really? Yeah. 53% of the bets are on the Chargers. 76% of the money's on the Chargers. Looks like people are pounding Herbert as a home dog. I didn't really know which way to go in this one. I just thought it was interesting that this is... I saw it at seven on Sunday night. And it's come down a point and a half. Yeah, when I saw it at six and a half, I thought they're just begging you to... Um to take the chiefs, but I feel like I just don't want to be involved with this one. Yeah, it, Not because I, I, it should be a fun game, but I was just gonna say, it sounds like the receivers for the chiefs are, are getting banged up. Juju's got a concussion. Nicole Hartman's going to be out this week. Um, and then the charger receivers are getting healthy. So maybe I don't know if that's what's shifting the line or what. Right. Juju got fucking destroyed. Yeah. Oh God. That was awful. That was a big hit. Yeah. But they did get Tony going because yeah. we said they would. It's Tony time. It's probably the right to stay away. These two always play crazy games against each other too. Back and forth, touchdown, touchdowns, and all that. Um, The only other game I think left then is if we needed a game in our fucking entry, I would like to take the Lions plus three at the Giants just for karma's sake so the Giants can win. Yep. Trends are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Giants playing in Dallas on Thanksgiving, so it's a possible look-ahead spot for them. Yeah. But you're rolling the dice with Detroit off back-to-back wins. The only thing about that, though, is I think the Lions played much better early in the season in losses than they have in their wins the last two weeks. They've kind of been gifted these wins, and I think they played much better losing to better teams earlier in the year. So taking them off back-to-back wins worries me a little less, I guess, for some bizarre reason. Hmm. I didn't think about this game. I, I kind of like it. You like the Lions? Yeah. Kind of intriguing. Let me look at the weather on on Sunday. I here. guess both these teams are playing on Thanksgiving, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Duh. Sunday looks like pretty calm here in the Northeast. High 30s. Wind. I mean, golf was great outside in Chicago last week. It didn't seem affected at all. Mm-mm. Seeing winds could be up to like 19, 20 miles an hour on Sunday. So maybe maybe that's not good for golf. Not so great for Daniel either. He can run. He can move, yeah. He can run. 40%. You may have given the trends already, but 40% of the bets, 70% of the money on the line. So the trends are favorable. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be a popular game either way. No. I'm fine to throw the lines in. I don't want to put it in our main entry, though. That's fine. Um, I think that's it. You guys have any others? Did I miss any? I don't think so. Okay. So our, it it seemed like the, the, the four that we like the most, if we're, if we're trying to narrow a top five, were Dallas, New England, Pittsburgh, and Vegas. Does that seem right? Yeah, I think so. And then we Vegas. have Philly, Cleveland, Atlanta, Arizona, Houston, and possibly Detroit in there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Carolina out. I think we have enough games where we don't need to take Baker if we don't want. I don't think I like that game that much. Carolina? It's, right, it's the right side. Yeah, Carolina. Yeah, let's, let's get that out. That's not fun. Which uh, of that second group, which which do you guys like the most? Cards? Uh, Cards I, is one of the uglier games of the week, so I like that. Yeah. I think I'd win Houston. Lovey. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Like, and, and try, I know you mentioned this a few times, but like Illinois is back in the top 25 in football. <laughs> After he ran yeah. that program into the ground, and now he's yeah. suddenly a head coach in the NFL again. It's just amazing. Yeah. And Bielema goes, and he's like a fucking assistant tight end quality control analyst in the Patriots for a couple of years, and now he's just... I mean, the hire uh, makes no sense. No, it only makes like, sense if you're trying to tank. Like, it really makes no sense. Yeah. The firing of Cully made no sense. Like, they seemed to really love him last year. The, the only thing I could think of is that I think it's kind of been speculated is that the Texans wanted to hire Josh McCown, who's never been an NFL coach, but an assistant coach. Um, and then there was all those like racism stuff and the Deshaun Watson stuff. And they're like, we just can't do it in this environment. So let's just pivot and hire Lovey. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's just so uninspired. God. All right, let's see if the officials will want to make us change our mind here. It was another banner week for officiating across the NFL. Some of those games took like almost four hours with the reviews and the conferences and all that shit. Uh, the same cast of characters screwing us over. Land Clark was just awful to us in Chicago. Just awful. Every call <sighs> went against the Bears. Every single call. Anytime they got a first down, it was holding. God. <laughs> so bad. In his face. I just want to punch him so hard. <laughs> And then uh, Hockey Lee's terrible as always. We'll see Hockey Lee on primetime this week. He's doing Chiefs Chargers on Sunday night. So great reason for us to stay away there. Uh, Did you know that the Chiefs last week didn't have a single penalty called against them? Wow. That's awesome. I Uh, mean, it's it's hard to believe. Sorry. Yeah. Lands in in Indy doing the Eagles game. That's not good for us. Uh, Clay is doing Cowboys Vikings. Yeesh. It's amazing as the year wears on, like you just hate everybody. <laughs> yeah. Land, I mean, you you point out his face, but he's just like he appears like it's he's being so bothered to be at this NFL game calling it as an official. <laughs> I know. And God forbid you commit a holding penalty that he has to walk to the center yeah. and then announce it <laughs> to the crowd. <laughs> uh Vinovich doing Titans Packers. Good for him. Is he getting the week off after the Munich trip? Yeah, Hussey's got the week off. Carl doing Jets Patriots, the chef. He's been pretty good this year, I got to say. Yeah. Him and Vinovich always and, deliver. And, and Cleet to a degree, I think. Yeah, and Cleet. Cleet's hooked us up. He calls a lot of penalties. Yeah. Uh, Torbert's doing Rams Saints. He's been good. I didn't like Alex Kemp last week. Oh, he was, I think, the Monday night official. Yeah. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. He's, yeah, he, Alex had a rough night. He's off this week, so that's good. Uh, we're sending Craig Rolstad down to Mexico. <laughs> um, announcers where's charles davis he is doing <laughs> eagles colts so you get land yeah. you get land yeah. and davis as the combo if we take the eagles minus seven that's great i can guess that um fox is top team this week i mean lions giants wow so what is that cowboys game on cbs the cowboys vikings game is on cbs because that was flexed out of no it wasn't i don't know why that's on cbs you is know what it the, was? You know what it was? The the initial Sunday night game was Bengals Steelers, and they flexed out of that a few weeks for Chiefs Chargers. So then I okay. they must have given CBS the gift for taking away Mahomes. So so is Tony and Jim doing Dallas Mini? Yeah. Does that make you like Dallas less? No, no. If anything more. Yeah. Chris Myers and Robert Smith doing Texans Washington. <laughs> That's How brutal. They're, they're a combo. That's awful. Yeah, that's <laughs> not good. There's really nobody good anymore, except for terrible. the uh, the Minnesota Vikings uh, radio play by play by play by play by guy. I saw Dude, a, uh, they had like a like Scott Hansen had a a veteran for Veterans Day like in the beginning, and I saw like yeah. a making of, and that whole room is a green screen. Did you guys know that? Yeah, you, yeah, you can tell. Wait, when she was like standing there to the side. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you're talking about the red zone? Yeah, like wherever that room like, that he sits in, there's like the cityscape behind him and a window. It's just a giant green screen. <laughs> it's all fake. It's just him wow. sitting in a in a studio. I had no idea. I got to be on it. Like um, on Friday night, different sport, but on Friday night, I watched Barstool had hosted the a little college basketball event in Philadelphia, and I was watching their stream, which was all online. Like they did the whole production. It did a really nice job, but. It was, they have a kid that was like a Syracuse broadcaster, you know, graduate, and he did the play-by-play. And then they had the two other guys, Portnoy and Big Cat, doing the color. It was so fucking entertaining, and they weren't going over the top. Like, they played it all pretty straight, except that they had, you know, bets on the games, and so they would get, you know, into certain things. But it just watching that, you're like, this shit isn't that hard. You just be conversational. You don't overcomplicate anything. You Like, it's not that hard. It was so much more enjoyable to watch them do that than any football game I've heard called all year. I know. Brutal. Well, when you have, it's the former NFL players that ruin it, really. Yeah. They they have like an archetype that they all have to kind of mimic. Yeah. They're all just copying each other. Yeah. Which is why like Akib was great. Even Tony in the beginning was great when he was different. I I actually thought Greg Olson was a little bit better this week. I I heard him a, a little bit more on that Cowboys Packers comeback game. He's talking less than he was when I was very annoyed at him last year. And he kind of teaches you some things here and there. He's getting better. Doesn't have a big game voice. No, does he, not have a big I agree. Game His voice. voice does not excite me. It's I, not I like forget. Collinsworth. 
I forget which game he did last week, but I actually kind of liked uh, Jonathan Vilma. Um, I, don't know, I thought he was somewhat smart. And yeah, picked, the problem is they bury him on the depth chart with Kenny Albert, and Kenny's yeah. just like the most boring ever. Yeah, I, I agree, though, Mark. I think he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll get our picks out to you on Saturday if we take the Titans tomorrow night. Oh, I didn't even mention them. We have a lot of games. We don't need to necessarily force that one. What do you guys think? I think if it's gonna be three and a half, I, I think we should consider it. Would you main we, would you main play it with the four that we had? I, I probably would, but I don't mm. know if there's injuries we need to monitor. I, I don't know. You like Vrabel more than anyone, Trav. What do you think? I don't think I like Vrabel more than anyone. I think I'm more <laughs> I'm more rational than others about the Titans. Um, you seem, not, not maybe maybe you maybe you don't like you, you seem to have a good read on the Titans. Yeah, well, I think they're good, and I think that they don't get a, enough credit ever, but that goes to our whole AFC South thing where it's just like an underappreciated division in general, mostly because the teams generally suck, but they're small markets, and so people talk about them less. The only red flag for me here is the trends. I got to think about that a little bit more. Okay. More. Like like why Green Bay laying three and a half to a good team at home when Green Bay's been atrocious all year is getting 85% of the money. Maybe it's just too early in the week to gauge, so you know we have tomorrow to monitor a little bit longer, but... Um, I just I want to make sure we're okay with that. Okay. All right. Well, if we take the Thursday game, we will tweet that out at Home Dogs Pod on Twitter. If not, we'll see all our entry picks on Saturday. Mark, I don't think we got a lot of trivia guesses last week. I think people are pretty down on us and, and our picks in general. So uh, <laughs> if we have an entertaining one this week. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll want to play. Yeah. So uh, I'll just do a quick recap. Um, I asked the listeners last week, did, did you know there was one team last year that went the entire season without one player eclipsing 100 yards receiving in a single game. Um, the answer to that question was the Patriots. Uh, they were the first team since the 2009 Rams uh, to do that uh, for an entire season. Uh, anyway, for you guys this week, we all saw Josh Allen fumble at the goal line late in the fourth quarter last week against the Vikings. I initially thought it was a safety, but it turned out that the Vikings recovered in the end zone for a touchdown. But that did get me thinking about safeties. And I was wondering who holds the NFL record for most safeties recorded in a career. And it's a four-way tie for first. Um, and you're not going to get two of the answers because they're, they're guys that played in the 70s. I'd never heard of them. But the other two are gettable. So I was wondering if you guys can name the other two players uh, that have recorded the most safeties in an NFL career. And, and Mark, just to be clear, is this defensive player forcing a safety or quarterback being safety? Sorry, yeah, they scored the safety, so the defensive player rec okay. recovering. Okay, can you give us the two that that we wouldn't have gotten? Yeah, so the the other two are one is Doug English. Uh, he played from seventy five to eighty five for the Detroit Lions. Um, looks like he was an interior defensive lineman. The other was Ted Hendricks, uh, played from sixty nine to eighty three, outside linebacker. Played for four different teams. Have either of you guys heard of those guys before? Nope. No. Good pulse. But uh, I, I think I finally won last week. I'm, you're up two now in the year now. So, uh, Trav, you go first this week. Reggie White. Reggie White. Incorrect. But I like that guess. I'm not sure if Reggie White has ever recorded a safety. Bruce <clears throat> Smith. Uh, nope. Another good guess. You guys going for the big pass rushers. Bruce Smith has two safeties in his career. John Randall. Mm. Uh no, that's another good guess, John Randall. Uh, Dominican Sue. <laughs> no, another good guess. Happy to uh, give a hint at some point. So maybe you could do one more round of guesses, Mike, and then a hint. Yeah, that works. Siragusa. Uh, nope. R.I.P. Tony. Yeah. Uh, Ray Lewis. Uh, nope, not Ray Lewis. I'm trying to think a hint to give here. I'll give you the years that these guys played. How about that? Um, one guy played from 2004 to 2015. The other played from 2011 to 2022. I don't think he's playing this year, as far as I know. I guess maybe Sorry. he's playing. He can you, give me, those, can you give me those years again? 2004 to 2015, and then 2011 uh, to 2022. So he's, he's still currently playing. Wow. Hmm. 2011. Von Miller? Uh no, it's a it's a very good guess. Aaron Donald. Uh nope. I don't think he's been in the league that long. No. Give you another hint. Uh, they're both defensive ends. Mm. I'll give you one more hint. No 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 no. no. Okay, I, I have a guess. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's an end anymore. Calais Campbell? Uh, nope, not Calais Campbell. Uh, JPP? Uh, nope. Ooh. Not ah. JPP. You want me to give you another hint? Yeah, that was my big guess. One of the safeties that one of these players recorded uh, is probably the most watched safety that's ever happened, I think. So it was in a Super Bowl. I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Jared Allen. Yes. Nice read on the hint. That's the what, what, uh, Orlovsky chasing around the, the end Orlovsky zone. play. Oh, uh, okay. Jared so Allen that, played that, from 2004 to 2015, and that that's a credit to him for the safety there. Uh, By the way, do you, do you know how many safeties these guys have had? Four. Yeah, four. I think you told us. I think oh, really? you told us that. No. Oh, oh maybe no. it was four. Or you said four were tied for lead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> the other guys a little bit tougher to get, but he's still active. Yeah, I can give you the three teams he's played for. Uh, wait for me to guess one, and then you can give another hit. I'm just thinking of guys still who are vets. Uh, Robert Quinn? Uh, That's a good one. Nope, not Robert Quinn. Uh, so he's played for the Ravens, the Colts, and the Chiefs. I don't know which team he's currently on. So that's not in order? I That you're aware of? No, no. I don't think it's in order. Frank Clark? No, Frank Clark hasn't played. Yeah, fuck it. Never mind. That's my guess, though. Okay. I think I think Justin Houston. Yeah, nailed it. Nice. Mm. All, right. all square, all square. All right, you guys earned that one. That was good. Um, all right, let that me send the list. You know, it's hard. Like, do you think you get credit? I'm just. I was thinking about this. Like, if you, because I know if you commit an offensive holding in the end zone, that's a safety. If you draw that holding, do you get credit for that stat? It's a good. I have question. no idea. I don't either. It's a good question. Yeah. Very good question. That's like my new shit. All right, send the send the listeners out with them. We'll get the fuck yeah. out of here. Would love uh, you guys to chime in this week. So what non-quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end has accumulated the most receiving touchdowns in NFL history? Any non-fantasy player, what, what, what player has accumulated the most receiving touchdowns in their career? All right. So this could be an offensive lineman. It could be a defensive player moonlighting. It could be a special teamer. Right. Yep. Anything all, like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Get us your guesses. We love when you, you participate. You can tell us how terrible we are. If you've been riding along with us, sorry for that, but maybe, maybe we have some good picks in us this week. All right. So we're back with you real quick. Just, uh, Trav's going to give us some, uh, world cup group bets before uh, we get, get out of here. Yeah. So I think before we record next week, only these groups, A, B, C, and D will kick off. So I just had a couple of, uh, pre-tournament, I don't know, throwouts or whatever. And these are maybe some longer shots. So feel free to put a couple bucks on uh, group a Senegal to win the group at plus 500. Uh, and then you got to put my biggest bet is taking Qatar to advance to the second round at plus 350. So a top two finish uh, group B USA, not to qualify um, for the second round or their team total under in each game. So just take the USA, um, you know, less goals or whatever in each game. And then this game, this whole group, no one's going to score. So I would take the under in every game. Um, then group C Poland to advance at plus 100, which isn't so juicy, but I like that. And then group D, this is a very popular one. So, you know, this isn't unique, but Denmark to win the group at plus 250. So I think next week, uh, group E, F, G, and H, we can you know, throw some other ones out there too. All right. Very unpatriotic to be betting against the U S but it's probably the smart move, right? I worry our ability. I don't know that we're going to score. I don't know that anyone in our group is going to score. It could be pretty ugly. In, in the Qatari play, is that just the host country kind of? They usually get like a little bit so of the, bump, right? The host country is never not advanced, but they've always been like you know bigger soccer powers. Yeah. You know, for Qatar to get the World Cup involved, a hell of a lot of corruption and you know money and envelopes to FIFA, and I don't see why that would stop now that the tournament started. But the other reason is they've actually like starting ten or twelve years ago. They went, no one's from Qatar. So they went and basically scouted all these young players from all over the world, from Asia, from Africa, from South America. And they brought them in and have basically incubated them together as a team. They played in the Gold Cup two years ago against the US and the other CONCACAF teams, and they played pretty well. Um, it's not a it's not a shitty team. They play together um regularly, which is different from all the other national teams that kind of come together for this this event. And given where the tournament falls this year, which is kind of in the middle of all these um club seasons. 
you know, it's going to be you're thrown together with just a couple of days to really prepare. So the fact that Qatar has been working together for a much longer time and they actually have some talent, um, guys that were born in, you know, Spain, Portugal, um, as I said, Africa, Asia, you know, there's it's it's kind of a unique team. So I love them to advance. I hate them, but I love them to advance. That was what are the rules with being able to. Sorry, that was your best case. I think you've laid on the pod uh, <laughs> this year. That, that was holy shit. I'm like, what? It, ready to put all my money on Qatar? What What are the rules for being able to compete in the World Cup for a country? Is there anything? Like you said, they you scouted these qual- guys, but like, you have to live there for like X amount of years, or? Uh, the rules have gotten a little bit more fuzzy over the years, but it used to be citizenship or your parents' place of birth. Um, so if you remember, you know, when the U S was in the world cup last in 2014, we had a bunch of German Americans, guys that had never kind of been to America, but they were the kids of U S servicemen or whatever. Um, so that still exists. There's some rules around all that, but they've also instituted, I think a one-time transfer policy. Um, once you're ultimately aligned with your country, I don't think you can change, but you know, if you're playing for a youth team, like for example, Eunice Musa, who's a 19 year old midfielder for the U S he's part Spanish. He could qualify for like three different teams and he played for the Spanish youth teams, I think, but then he committed to the U S, um, basically senior team. And now he's locked in and he's a fucking stud. If you're going to love one person in this tournament for the U S you're going to love Eunice Musa in the midfield. Hmm. All right. I'm fired up. We, I think once uh, the games get going next week, I think Qatar plays on Sunday morning at 11. So you get that in before any of the football. And then that's the only game of the day. And then mo- starting Monday, you get a game at 5 a.m., 8 a.m., 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. And all the U.S. games are 2 p.m., if I'm not mistaken. We play Wales on Monday. Wales to finish last in the group plus 333 was on my list too. Hmm. It's not kind to the Welsh. Mm. <laughs> all right there's a uh, trav soccer picks we'll have more ready for you next week so so lock those in now while you can before odds get worse and uh we'll get our picks to you for the nfl and uh talk to you next week